Chant it out. Chant it out. Hello and welcome to episode 166 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. As always, it's your boy, Johnny Gringo, and I'm here with none other than Mr. Christopher Signs. Good evening, sir. What's going on, sir? Another another week, another LAFC match. Oh, man. And yet another disappointing performance. What did you think, bro? Nil, nil. Philadelphia after our nil-nil St. Louis can't get can't can't win games if you can't score goals. I mean, this is on repeat, it seems like. It it is frustrating the fact that we really, really want to get this first place in the West. And we really want these three points from each one of these games. But if at the very beginning of the season, not knowing where we are in the schedule and the table and the crunch and all that. If you'd have said that you went on the road to St. Louis and on the road to Philadelphia and got clean sheets, Philadelphia didn't even have a shot on target in the game, and you walk away with a point from both of those games, I think you would just, from a thousand-yard view, say a point on the road against two really good teams is fantastic. But you mix that with the fact that we watched these games. We watched LAFC play in these games and play terribly, right? I mean, not so bad defensively. The defense has been fantastic these last two games. So they've done their job. Midfield's been meh, and and the offense has been terrible, absolutely terrible throughout the course of these games, right? So, I mean, when you watch an LAFC team go out there and pass at 66%, like we're literally only converting two out of every three passes is hard to watch a game like that. It's hard to watch a game where our forwards struggle so mightily to even just connect passes, make simple decisions in simple moments, like when to take someone on and when to pass it to a wide open man. I mean, when to shoot, when to dummy. I mean, the fact that those kind of decisions are consistently being made wrong is a really hard thing. So I'm trying to balance the two. The yes points on the road versus great teams are great. But also, I watch these games and the empirical evidence, the eye test is not great. So I I don't know, man. I guess I'm kind of stuck between those two thoughts. And and I I don't know what side to be on of this fence. I think that looking at everything with context, these ties are not as rewarding as in hindsight, the beginning of the season, you go to our uh, St. Louis and you go to Philadelphia and you walk away with two points. When you see the context of how we are in postseason and you see that, um, you know, the other missed opportunities throughout the year to solidify a spot in the CONCA Champions Cup, I think that th- those all make this these ties more detrimental to the overall narrative um it's it's hard to sit here and find a silver lining uh you know the defense has been playing very well and that is the current silver lining that i'm gonna rest on but there's a lot of inconsistent plays that are concerning especially leading into this close into the postseason versus st louis 14 shots two on frame zero goals 
you got 14 shots off. When we talked about this on the last show, the shots taken were not great. But at least we were getting into a position where we were taking shots, right? Versus Philadelphia, two shots, zero on goal. I mean, now, I mean, in the same respect, we held Philadelphia to two shots, zero on goal, which I love. Fantastic. Defensive masterclass. A-plus job from everybody out there on the day. But, I mean, for an LAFC offense that has, you know, a $10 million Denny Bawanga, a $7 million Stipe Buke, a $6 million Kike Oliveira, you know, plus, I mean, I, you know, forgive me, I forget, you know, what Carlos's transfer fee was when he came in, but obviously Carlos Vela, legend, when all of those things can't pass the ball to each other in, in obvious situations where an AYSO player could be like, oh, you need to pass the ball to the winger, he's wide open, or it, it just, the lack of ideas, the lack of execution of fundamentals in that final third is just, it's hard to be really high on LAFC's performance right now, given what we just witnessed in this last game. Now, I think I said this a few podcasts ago. You know, look, if we've been saving it up for the game versus the Galaxy and we came out and smoke them, I would be okay with the two lackluster performances in the games prior to that. Once again, I feel like my entire opinion about St. Louis and Philadelphia is kind of going to be hinged on Wednesday's Campeones Cup. And if we go out there and just light it up in the Campeones Cup and, and have a really great performance versus Tigres, then I'm willing to forgive the lack of offensive potency in the last two games if it was just resting and saving ourselves and saving some of those plays and ideas for what we're going to do versus Tigres. And then we can you know kind of carry that over into the postseason. But right now, postseason is not a guarantee. LAFC have not clinched. There is still a chance of an epic failure from second all the way off the table. So there is a little cause for concern there. I think we need one win and one tie to at least clinch a playoff spot. But as poorly as LAFC has performed on the road this year, as we know, two wins in the last 15 road games or three wins in the last 15 road games. We need to finish high on the table. We need those home games, even in this wacky new home away home, silly playoff format. That's all nonsense in and of itself. Like we need results. But I I do think, look, if we go out and smoke Tigres in the Campeones Cup, I will forgive the lackluster offense in the last two games. So it's interesting, you know, uh, I saw a post, uh, social media, uh, X, Twitter, whatever you still refer to it as. Uh, Andrew Medina, former guest of the show, former employee of LAFC, good friend of the podcast. He had posted shouts to the homie. He had said that he had just, I I wish I could find the actual Twitter post, but he, it, it was something to the fact of, did we just look past Philadelphia for this worthless cup, essentially? And again, I talked to you, right? This is a question that I've just been asking in general. Uh, Is this cup worthless? You know, we as a club have always wanted to reach for high ambitious goals and fill out 
a trophy cabinet and that's that's what every club would like to have happen and uh, so I, fa- I found the tweet by the way he says i just realized ellipse did we prioritize this goofy blank cup there was actually not a blank there but i'm sure you Expl- can expletive expletive between goofy and what word would come after that all ages show here did we prioritize this goofy bleep cup with Tigres on Wednesday when we're pushing for home field? Question mark. I, I, I again, I, I feel like LAFC's desperate to at least be able to say we won a cup this year, and right now it might be at the expense of our domestic performance in the league. I, you know, I don't think that Steve Trundolo is sitting here and saying, "Hey guys, let's go out and just play for the tie." I, 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 I have a hard time believing that that's the case, right? Because he could have utilized other matches where there was a trophy on the line, and I feel like put a little bit more of that um, higher priority, something like the U.S. Open Cup. I always feel like the U.S. Open Cup gets a bad, the bad, a bad look. You know, I th- I think the U.S. Open Cup, just like I also think that the Supporter Shield should be valued competitions. Uh, but those trophies don't hold the same value when it comes to the league notoriety. Well, but- I think there are two big different values between the Supporter Shield and winning a U.S. Open Cup, right? And that's the the CCC spot on the line. You get a CCC spot with the Shield. You do not get a CCC spot with. That's with, not true. That's not true. You do? Yes, you, yes, you do. Orlando got a CCC spot this year, and that was oh, for, yeah, they, for winning it all, for winning it, for all. Yeah. winning the U.S. Open Cup this last year. So you're right. The, you're right. U.S. So Open the, Cup Miami, does count. So Miami versus Houston, one of those two teams is going to be getting a CCC spot next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a little odd that the U.S. Open Cup, the oldest and longest, you know, tournament in the United States gets one CCC spot for the winner and the league's cup got like four. I just, yeah, this whole season has been frustrating from how Don Garber has, has run a lot of these things, the playoff format, the, the Campeones well, cup, you, the, the, you the schedule think. that devalues the think. shield. You got to think, do you think that the Liga Emekis clubs honestly wanted to participate in the league's cup in this new format no they wanted the ccc spot though because that comes with a huge chunk of money right so what i'm saying is that don garber probably had to give them some type of incentive to participate in this competition and so that's where you know hey the winner gets and i guarantee you mex the mexican teams thought that they were going to probably get three out of the four if not all four of those ccc spots and instead they got one yeah, I definitely didn't play out the way I think Liga Amakis thought it would. But you're right. That's what they had to do to get them into it because they weren't selling any tickets. The whole competition took place here in the United States. So we were making all the ticket money. We were making all the concession money and all that. I'm sure some of revenue sharing got sent south of the border, but you know, not the same. I don't think they right. got paid the same as if they were hosting these games themselves. Plus the cost of having to put your entire team up in a hotel for a month you know, and do all of that training and all of that stuff remotely borrowing other people's fields using high school and college fields and stuff like that. Like all of that is a massive hassle. So, you know, we'll see if this gets tweaked going into next season, which I'm sure it will. 
is everything has to go back to the drawing board and whatever next season's iteration of this will be, it'll be more profitable for ownership. I'm, I'm sure. But so, so we got so, completely off the rails here. What were we talking about that led us to well, this? Well, we're talking about the fact that the Campeones Cup is a legitimate competition for LAFC to have been to concerned have. with in lieu of trying to fight for points to put us in first place. Needless had to say. We, had we won one of the cups up until this point, I don't think we care about the Campeones Cup. Like if we had won CONCACAF or if we had won the the League's Cup, I, I don't think this game matters as much. Uh no. I don't think this game matters as much. But I also don't think there's a there's a there's a faction of LSE fans that this game doesn't matter much to either way. Yeah, but they're gonna like that shiny cup. They're, you know, look, if that cup, all those people, every single one of those people on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff right now that are talking smack on the Campeones Cup, you give them an opportunity to take a photo with that cup and every single one of them going to be smiling, holding that scarf up in the air and happy to take a photo of that cup when it's at the bank. Now, come on. Come on. I, I mean, are you not right? Should should LAFC win on Wednesday, are you not going to sit here and be high-fiving all of your buddies and all this stuff? When, I mean, again, versus Tigres, a team that we have a history against that, uh, you know, I think there's unfinished business that LAFC would like to have happen uh, that they would like to see through. Um, so I, I agree. I don't think that this cup is absolutely worthless. It's not nearly as meaningful as others. But I still think that it is something that shouldn't be just overlooked. Yeah, um, I, I think you make a pretty good point there. Um, you know, another thing about this game versus Philadelphia that kind of stood out to me was that it was a completely different formation and lineup than I was expecting us to put out there. Uh, once again, it was kind of a back three. Um with really only two forwards and Bogush playing a forward. And I will die on this friggin' hill. Matty Bogush is not a forward. Stop playing him as a forward. Like, I just, I, I don't get it. Stipe Buke. Now look, I was, you know, the head of the Marching and Chowder Society, as Vin Scully would say, for Stipe Buke at the beginning of the season. I, I had all my chips on him. I thought he was going to be a great addition for us golden boy i mean all these things that that he had touted going in he's still by the way the number two valued player behind denny bowanga on the lafc roster right now Stipe buke and the performance we saw from him in philadelphia was hard to watch hard to watch uh, he has not gotten better this season he has gotten from what we saw this last game, remarkably worse. And I have to think there is something going on with him physically to to where he's just unable to focus on the game because he's got something wrong in his body right now at the end of the season. And I still have hopes for him next season. I still think he can continue to be a big player for us in the future. But I have some legit concerns about Stipe going into this last few games of the season and a potential postseason. Are, are you in camp bench Stipe, or do you think he still deserves minutes throughout the rest of the season, Chris? 
I think that, uh, you know, Stevie Buke is someone that has not seen a lot of consistent minutes in recent matches. Um, and so because of that, I think that it, it it's not going to play well should he continue to see time unless it's garbage time or a late sub. Uh, I mean, we keep giving Mario Gonzalez minutes and he's not really doing a whole lot either. Um, you know, I, I, I would yeah, but like at least, to- at least Mario's a proven talent, right? Late twenties. He's done it a bunch of other places. You know, Stipe is supposed to be the up and comer, the one that's getting better and becoming amazing right before our eyes. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the expectation of, of results is a little early. Um, you know, he's still very young and raw and underdeveloped. You know, it, I think that this is someone who, you know, we look at young players that come into this lineup and perform well. And I think that that is the barometer by which we use as a comparison. But not all players are going to be Diego Rossi, you know, and and not all players are going to be Quadro Mahalo Apoku, right? Like that's that's just not going to be the case when you have these very young players that come in and and, and light it up. Yeah, but you I mean, know? Apoku we found at an academy in Africa. Brought him mm. over. He was never going to be part of the team. He just worked and worked and worked, and the, the you know the staff trained him up, and and now he's a commodity. He became a commodity. No, no one was kicking down the door for Quadwo Mahala Opoku prior to the COVID season, in which he really kind of came into his own, right? And, and now he ended up being one of our largest outgoing transfers in the league, and and one of the largest you know league transfers ever. I, I just Stipe came with such pedigree. When he showed up. And I mean, has there been the Stipe game? I mean, there's he scored goals this year for sure. I mean, he has a handful of goals, but like there hasn't been those highlight real moments from him that I was expecting, given the highlights that we saw of him when he was signed. And so I, I'm worried that our forwards are not getting the type of coaching that that they deserve. And I'm wondering if, you know, there is an option to bring in someone for LAFC that could help because Steve's done a great job with the back line, especially the outside backs. I mean, everyone that's shown up as an outside back for us in Dolo has done fantastic under his tutelage. Defense has been great. But I'm worried. I'm worried about our offense. All these guys that have come in, none of them have hit. And that's a concern for me. That's not true. I mean, Denny Buwanga hits. Right. Carlos Vela is doing Carlos Vela things, but you can see that age is creeping in as a factor in his performance. Um, but sorry, Kike, I guess I was thinking about just this summer window signings. Okay. Right. So, so, the so now Kike Ole, yeah. Kike Oliveira, Mario Gonzalez, Stipe Buke. I mean, those three in and of itself, Stipe Buke is 20 years old. Mario Gonzalez and I mean, Kike, I, I felt like Kike Oliveira definitely showed more this match against Philadelphia than I had seen in recent to where I felt, I felt like I, the work rate and the effort was a little bit more impressive with. Sure. He was also playing as the lone forward up top, right? Stipe kept cutting into the midfield. And so he was acting more like, you know, a 10 role. We also had Bogush playing the 10 role. The two of them seemed to be like kind of central most of the game and, and well outside the box. Right. And it was just Oliveira. Like he was the only one 
trying to get in the box and get in on the end of anything. Bowanga comes in later in the game, and it was the same thing. It was Bowanga either driving straight at goal or, or driving to the end line and trying to get the ball to Oliveira. It's just, it's too predictable. Like, there's no creativity up top there. I, I mean, on any given play, you can pretty much tell how that play is going to end in the buildup. You know exactly what LAFC is going to try and do. And the defense knows exactly what they need to do to try and stop it. And 99 out of 100 times, the defense is going to get it right. It just, it it's bizarre to me. And I can only think that we're holding something back tactically, that this is just keeping your cards, not showing your cards. Let's get my metaphors right here. Then it is us being this impotent in offense. You know, I, I also think that this would have been the third time that we've played Philadelphia, the fourth time in less than a year. So maybe there was a little bit of that tactical change to try and keep Jim Curtin in his side from being able to anticipate what LAFC was going to do. Sure. And look, weather. We haven't talked about weather, right? This game was played during a tropical storm. Uh, and so, you know, look, 34, 40 mile an hour winds radically changed the game. Uh, the the rain, which was downpour at sometimes, you know, light mist at other, that certainly changes the game as well too. But I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, professional soccer players can't play in the rain or can't play in, you know, 30, 40 mile an hour wins, right? None of that is hurricane level obstacles to have to deal with. No, but it does, uh, I, it does, it does change a game where a ball flies true versus a ball flying with influence of the elements it i mean there sure. are things that but, but i mean the the weather didn't make us not pass to the open man the weather wasn't a reason that we passed at 66 percent. i mean that's not necessarily true have you ever tried to kick a ball in the in high wind bro i am a fat old dude i am not a professional soccer player let's not let's not go there um you know i mean guys that grew up playing in oh i don't know croatia let's say where like it's super cold and rainy and windy all the time like i I just yeah i i don't know man i I don't don't know know. well either way uh st louis they got enough points to solidify the first place so that is a thing of the past is it officially Uh, locked i think it is i think it is officially locked Hold on. Hold on. No, they have only clinched a playoff spot. They do. They have an X, not a Y, sir. Because oh. we have a game in hand. So if we win our game in hand, oh, we're at 48 points. We and we are only win. five points behind. We have to win out. We, we have to win out. We have or, to win out. Or St. Louis has to have an epic collapse against poor teams, which is not going to happen. And look, it's already, it's already not going to happen. We are not finishing first. I mean, I'll take that to Vegas right now, but it is still statistically possible. We have to get that W, W, one game at a time. But it, okay. And to end two games on the road, one in Austin and one in Vancouver, playing at BC Palace is terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, we won there in the CCL, though, didn't we? Three nothing. Doesn't matter. That artificial grass, the ball flies, does not fly true. It's, I mean, playing there. No, is I mean terrible. it takes it takes weird bounces off the seams in the turf. It uh, no, and that's. I always feel like we have a player that walks away with an injury after that match. Yeah, 
Yeah. So that's got to be a heavy rotation for me. You're not sending Kalini. You're not sending Vela. Like, yeah, I, you know, that's a, that's a bring the LAFC two guys up kind of game. Cause look, first place is it's it shipped at this point. It's no, not but if, what if we're in contention to, you know, the winner then solidifies second place or third place, you know, it all matters. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, the decision day shuffle three points, three points right now is the difference between second place LAFC and sixth place Portland, right? So, I mean, you could instantly be right there at the bottom of the table in three points. Uh, So, yes, all all, all these games matter. I still think a heavily rotated squad should still be able to destroy Vancouver. They're not a great team. Ah, They've had a better second half than they started out this year, but, but our B squad should be able to beat Vancouver's A squad. Like we have the talent. They just, for some reason, uh, what's the Pink Floyd album? Momentary lapse of reason. Uh, momentary lapse of talent is kind of what I'm worried about with LAFC right now. You're aging yourself. Yeah, Pink Floyd references. Sorry. That's even before my time, though. So, I mean, that album came out. I mean, that band broke up before I was born, right? So I feel like I get a pass there. Anyway, am I allowed well, to make Led Zeppelin? Yeah, all right. Led Zeppelin, yeah. Uh, was that oh no sorry that was that was striking fear i was like didn't i make a led zeppelin reference on the last podcast and i forgot that was uh striking fury the official podcast of your empire strikers not shoulder to shoulder podcast my apologies either way you know what tigres on wednesday the match should be a lot of fun uh it's uh it's definitely going to be a great experience should LAFC come out with the win. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I hope then, that LA oh, go and ahead. Then RSL. And then I was gonna say, and then I, I hope that LAFC fixates itself at RSL and corrects the ship at home and just like the floodgates open. I would love to see another four nil victory against RSL. That would be great. That game's at BMO versus RSL? That's correct, sir. What kind of response do you think Arango gets? Well, he'd already been there. Right, right. Second time back. Do you think it's the same as the first? I think that it's not as, like, welcomey back, but it's not, like, hate. You know what I'm saying? Like, when he first came back, there was the people that were cheering for him. He got his ring. You know, uh, all of these um, celebratory things. And then he didn't score. Whereas this time, when he comes back, I think it'll be like, oh, it's an old friend. We don't really hate you, but don't score on us. Danny Mazowski got booed pretty hard last time they were here, which I was a little surprised by. Maybe that's because he scored and celebrated against us. I also just find it hard to believe that LAFC fans, like I guess I'm just a little surprised that that moment would weigh heavily enough in their minds to want to boo the guy. I was surprised Muzovsky got booed. Um, but I guess I guess people remember that little rabbit hop thingy, his little tricks rabbit thingy he did after he scored against us. So um yeah. Well, I just I yeah. thought yeah. Danny Mazowski from last that I saw, he was like feuding with the uh coach because I think you were the one that told me that he was feuding yeah. because of a contract issue, right? Yeah, I mean that's wild. That's wild. I haven't checked in to see what an update's going on with that, but yeah, they done they done did the moose wrong. That's uh it's a shameful, shameful, dirty stuff that they did there. But uh 
Eh, who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, I mean, in free agency, I think that means he would have to he would have to leave the country. That's a bummer for him and his family and all that to get uh, to get played around that way. It's a bummer. Uh, Arango. All right. So let's let's think of it. Let's go ahead and let's 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 predict two games here. All right. Because we got Tigres in 48 hours. I don't even know if this pod's going to make it out <laughs> before they make it. Oh, it'll make it. Wilton. Wilton's going to work his magic, bro. It's going to make it. All right. All right. So give me your prediction versus Tigres Campeones Cup. 2-1 LFC. It's quick. It's quick. Um, I think Tigres is going to go up early 1-0, and then LAC is going to come back and score two. I actually, think... I, I take that, actually, I take that back, because if that happens, I can see Tigres parking the bus and delaying time. I think LAC is going to go up 1-0, and then Tigres is tied, and then LAC is going to continue to fight. Tigres is going to try and fight. They're going to leave us open for a counter. Leave themselves open for a counter, and LFC is going to get two one. That's what I think. I like that. I like that. I think the one thing LAFC has going for them in this match, first of all, Tigris is the better squad. We are the underdog, right? So we well, actually we have two things going for us in this game. One, it's at home, right? So I mean, it's at BMO with thirty two fifty two and the black and gold faithful behind them. So that's it's an advantage to LAFC. And also, I don't think this game matters at all to Tigres. Like, if they don't win this game, I think they just shrug their shoulders. None of their fans are going to really flip out, and and they'll go back to doing what they do. Whereas for LAFC, this is kind of our season right now. I mean, obviously, we have high hopes for the playoffs, but we're in a cup final. So I I think LAFC are going to treat this like a cup final because it's the chance to hoist silverware. It's the chance to get that we haven't beat a big Mexican team when the money's on the line moment. And let's be honest, we owe them a little something for, for what happened a few years ago in the CCL final. So I think this just matters more to LAFC. So advantage LAFC in stadium, advantage LAFC in how much we care about this match. I'm still not so convinced that's enough to be able to get over the spend and roster size and build of a club like Tigres that has been over the course of the last decade the best team on the continent. I don't know, man. I, I think this might go to PKs. I think it might go to PKs, and I say LAFC win on PKs because that's when uh, I feel uh, McCarthy gets subbed in. I mean, he might even start this game. I think McCarthy starts on Wednesday. I'm going to be so bold as to say that, given that it's uh, any game that could go to a shootout. I, I feel like at this point in the season, you give the ball to McCarthy. And LAFC wins on a shootout. Okay. What about RSL at home? Again, I think that they are a little upset about the 4-0 shellacking in the League's Cup. Uh, so I think that it, they're going to definitely... Because they're also fighting for better pole position in the playoffs. So I think LAFC will win. I would love to see LAFC win 4-0. But I think that LAFC will win in a close match. 3-3... Three, three, one final score, but I think it'll be two one, uh, you know, and then in in uh, in RSL trying to make trying to make moves and leaving themselves open by playing a high press, they'll leave themselves open for a counter, and LSU will get an easy third goal. I don't think Chicharongo wants to score versus LAFC, so I think I it's going to be do- no. I think he does now. I think he maybe does now. I think he maybe does I- because he's trying to help his team, man. No, I, I get it. I get it. He's a professional. 
I, I just think two nothing LAFC. I don't see RSL finding the back of the net. I don't think Chicho has that deadliness in him to come and I don't think he wants to be the guy that scores against his old team, especially a team that, you know, he loved playing for and won a trophy with and was a huge part of. I just don't see it happening. So unless one of the others, I mean, who knows, Krylock could, you know, do something ridiculous or, you know, Musaski or any of those other players could step in and, and score the goal. But I, I think as well as our defense played versus St. Louis and as well as they played versus Philadelphia, if we put the same kind of defensive effort out against an RSL team, no way they're scoring against us. So 2 nothing, well, LAFC. We'll see. Just a little tidbit of information since its inception in 2018, the Campeones Cup has had four matches played previously three of them the last three as a matter of fact have all gone to mls teams uh tigres was the winners of the very first one in 2018 then atlanta then columbus crew then new york city were the winners in 2022 there's something to be said for the fact that mexican teams have lost to u.s teams quite a bit over the past few years that i think is you know, a bigger theme south of the border than it is here north of the border. But whether it's the Gold Cup or you name it, the what is it, the Nations League or whatever that stuff, um, you know, Mexican teams, obviously they didn't win the Campeones Cup. They got kind of embarrassed as a league in the Campeones Cup. So there is that little chip on the shoulder for the Mexican teams that I'm not sure Tigres wants to be the one to carry the flag for, but I'm sure that's burning in the back of their mind. I still just don't think this competition matters as much to them as it does to us yeah i agree anyway all right brother i think that's uh that's gonna wrap us up for today we'd like to thank you all for listening to episode 166 of shoulder to shoulder podcast give us a follow at lafc s2s on all your social media platforms we'd appreciate a like a subscribe and if you're so kind as to give us a review bless you uh beers on me at the next tailgate on behalf of myself, Jonathan, my co-host, Chris, uh, the absentee Christian today, and of course, the legend sound engineer, Wilton. Thank you all so much. Take us home, Sticks. Shoulder to shoulder, together this our culture. Fill the force up a supernova. Stay flying that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's Koreatown Liddy. Keep us so mommy about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.